Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike, in a moment. And we have an episode that we've been teasing for a little bit. Uh, we are revisiting a issue that we addressed a couple years ago when mm. the Academy first introduced the Best Popular Film Initiative that was quickly retracted because... Everybody hated that idea. <laughs> we fixed the Oscars then. We're going to refix the Oscars again, Michael. Yeah, and again, it's kind of in parentheses because we did this three years ago. You got to go to our SoundCloud, I believe, to find this episode in most spots because some of the podcatchers don't go back as far. Mm -hmm. But this is episode 92, and it's entitled The Perfect Oscars Show! Exclamation point. We fix the Academy Awards once and for all. So, as always, a humble, um, meager title <laughs> there. Yep. <laughs> uh, but we we did come off the popular film uh, initiative that did not work. You made quite the pitch for a blockbuster threshold because the big, you know, talk at the time was how do we get some of these blockbusters, the Titanic's involved, or a year where we didn't have Titanic's, the big you know, Wonder Woman's involved in the Best Picture category, and you had two spots, three spots available for a blockbuster group, let's say, yeah. for the Academy to pick from. I did more of a reality TV show angle, and, turn, and, and tr I tried to improve the broadcast a bit, and look at, I may have been at fault, Michael, for the golden hour of this past year, <laughs> because re-listening to that episode at 92... <laughs> yep. I did kind of mention problems with the broadcast uh, where I wanted pre-recorded stuff. Now, I did not want the golden hour. They misinterpreted my pitch. <laughs> if they took my pitch, they took it and they You were like, present it. all 23, but not really. I wanted presenting all 20. I wanted them to present all 23. I wanted them to incorporate film students, especially at the major film schools, to make right. montages. We've gone over this a couple of times. So I wanted more of a television award show that utilizes kind of, you know, what TV has become, especially news TV, like CNN. Like, I want them to be able to use more, uh, I guess, TV technique that they don't do. They still, like, just film the banquet, and I don't want them to just film the banquet, even though I like, you know, the reality you, you TV. You want montage. You like montages. You want more montages in your life, and you wanted them to kind of delegate those out to film students, the USC Film School and stuff like that nearby. Right. So that was part of it. But you also had a really cool second part of your pitch where you were like, best scene award. Best scene. Who doesn't go crazy for the best scene, which is my favorite, you know, cherry on that Sunday. So I thought we did a nice job in that episode kind of debating it all or really mm -hmm. kind of overanalyzing it all. So it's been a couple of years, it's been three years. We have to do it all over again with new a new set of eyes. And, and I think we're going to do the same thing today. We're going to have big pitches and we're going to overanalyze it all. And I think we we had to give it a little bit of a breather after this Academy Awards, right? The 94th. So, there was so much fallout. We needed to change the channel. We, a real know, slap in the face, this product was, yeah. 
Right. We needed to do some series, some off-season stuff. <laughs> we needed to we needed to wait until uh, certain people kind of spoke out and apologized for certain <laughs> things. Not, uh, not. I mean, Scott Feinberg didn't, for his credit. And this is a lot of the backdrop of this is yeah. what we'll get into. Is he the day after the Oscars laid out this kind of manifesto of these ten rules that he thinks the Academy should follow to enhance the program of the Oscars, and that's. We're along the same lines, and we're going to incorporate right. those and talk about those. But like the the program needs help. Obviously, they're not doing well. You know, sixteen million is a sixty percent increase over last year's broadcast, but that's still the second lowest uh, number of viewers that have watched the Oscars in years and years. And Scott kind of, I mean, as he usually does, he beats us to the punch. And we were like, all right, we're we're not going to put out our episode on top of his. But after the SAG news. And after this next set of news, I think we could pay homage, mm-hmm. right? We could, we could be basically a requel to Mr. Yeah. Feinberg today, and we could pay homage but kind of go a little crazier. Like, we've always just been Scott Feinberg but nuttier. <laughs> so today is a day to showcase that after we do some news yeah. here. With far less connections and impact, I think. Uh, right. Other asterisks <laughs> attached to that. But let's start with the Oscars news that uh, broke this past week. The dates for the 95th Academy Awards have been set, Michael, and they're a little earlier than this past year. Yeah, two weeks earlier. Sunday, March 12th is the uh, show date for the 95th. They will be live at the Dolby Theater once again and broadcast on ABC in over 200 territories. Uh, Probably with a little bit of a longer tape delay. Uh, there's just in no, case. there's no Winter Olympics to contend with this year. Last week they or last year they took place between you know basically the middle of February. Uh, the Super Bowls of otherwise February 12th. So I guess there's a little more safety in moving it up this year for the precursor shows, etc. Probably could have moved it up a whole nother week, if we're being honest. The fifth, I don't think, would have been... I always think earlier is better for this type of thing anyway. I think we've seen that, especially from recent history. The later in the year you go, the more it drags on, the more it just... You know, never mind the general public losing interest, but people that do this on a day-to-day basis like us are just kind of like, all right, let's, let's get to it. Let's finish here. Well, it's wild because the Oscars have been bouncing around the calendar these past th- few years. They've been searching for the right time and date, mm-hmm. and they've been bandied about... Uh, some of this, of course, is pandemic-related. That's out of their control. But if you thought the second Sunday in March is probably a date that recent Oscar ceremonies have been held, you'd be very wrong. So yeah. like what you just said about the first week of March is something very commonplace throughout Oscars history. It's either happened early February or late February, early March or late March, and then it's been like April, late April sometimes, obviously, throughout history. We haven't had the second weekend of March, so are they trying to find this time uh, as, as a go-to. It's only happened three times throughout Oscars history, and you got to go back to 1947 when the second you know Sunday in March has been uh, the Oscars date. February 9th, like it was pre-pandemic, it was the last kind of big gathering in person before the pandemic was a real thing in 2020. Uh, that felt too early. It felt a little too rushed, but obviously the pandemic year happening in April, and this past year even as well, felt too long of a break. So there's got to be some kind of, I guess the, the middle ground is kind of what they're aiming for here. I'm just a happy customer right now, though, because two weeks earlier, 
Uh, and we had the longest year ever in 2020, right? Just yeah. in, in life and in pandemic and yeah. in everything. We had half the movies with double the year of Oscar, <laughs> you know, red carpet right. laid out with nobody on the red carpet. It was all right. virtual except, uh, until the end. So, like, this year seems like it's more of the fixed kind of thing that we've been dealing with more often than not, with a few exceptions. And, you know, I mean, the Oscar shortlists are still going to happen December 21st. That's becoming a regular thing uh, with the voting take taking place a couple weeks earlier nominations now like the show itself moved up two weeks so instead of february 9th uh february 8th it moved up to january 24th uh with voting you know between the 12th and the 17th there and then uh we we have the actual final winner voting for the oscars happening between february uh march 2nd excuse me through march 7th so basically Again, that's December 21st for shortlists, January 24th for nominations, March 12th for the show, with the week before being the final voting. You should have that show be something in primetime, but that's maybe something we'll talk about very soon as we that's right. fix the Oscars here coming up. So, uh, like we said and alluded to already, Scott Feinberg had his manifesto. He gave out these 10 points and 10 ways to improve the Academy Awards. We were fortunate enough to have Mr. Feinberg join us for our Feinberg Final, the annual show we do with him pre-Oscars or during Oscars week. He actually kind of gave us a preview to this article. He talked mm-hmm. about, we talked about some of these fixes with him, unbeknownst to us that he was releasing this article coming up as well. Um, so definitely go check that out on The Hollywood Reporter. We will be referencing some of these points going forward, but there's one in particular that kind of is the basis of the backdrop, specifically for yours, and I I definitely use it in mine as well, my fix. Yeah, and it's number 10, Learn from Sports. Where (laughs) Go figure. Look, we've been crushed for doing too much sports analysis on this show mm-hmm. in a way because we are as god made us we are as god made us we, we were, <laughs> we're bad athletes who were very mediocre and who love mo- movies yourself, we're both I was oft, great. we were oft injured though i think we could both yes. say this yes oft injured Quite. and home and watching movies yes is why this happened Fair. so anyway uh I mean, Scott talked about making the Oscar nominations a special primetime broadcast, kind of like the March Madness style selection special. It makes so much sense. I think that's so easy to do, and it just, ugh, I don't understand it. But, go but ahead, yeah. the, the thesis statement that of, of my argument today is that kind of the TV apparatus, the broadcast TV apparatus, is a bit broken right now, and we need more of a ground roots camp, grassroots campaign, rather, to build up hype, build up momentum for the actual Oscar show. Used to be you could just have people custom, accustomed to the, you know, the the appointment viewing of the one time a year or the five times a year with the precursors. But now because the precursors aren't doing as well with the ratings, you have less of a buildup to get people ready for the Academy Awards. And you have thunder being stolen by the precursors instead of creating more competition and intrigue. This is a theme that you've kind of been pounding the drum over for the last few years in particular. You want more vertical integration between the these different bodies and award shows. Well, I want them to be more organized. And I think that it's better to team up than to fail separately at this mm-hmm. point because they've already kind of bottomed out in terms of the ratings, we hope. Right. So if they've reached rock bottom already, now would be the time to band together. And we've seen it happen with sports and sports entertainment. The WWE, the World Wrestling Federation at the time, became a federation of all of the regional wrestling organizations. 
that My went national. My heart is so happy right now. Yeah, keep we going. Had, Tell we me had more things. The, the NFL become you know a, a merger of leagues. We had the you know the the NBA become a merger of leagues at various times in their growth cycle. If we, we and of course we had the NCAA, which was a bunch of conferences. The NCAA became a merger of leagues for national championships. And I do think the Oscars and the in the film awards season could become an actual season. So that is my thesis statement today. That is going to be my big pitch to connect award season officially. All right. And I okay. have two governing principles. Principle number one, Michael, is that precursors all must have different categories than Oscar. You have to really mix this up. It's something I've been on for a while. It's something I've changed my opinion on over the years because as a predictor and a pundit, I like it when five you know award shows have the same categories and I can just go one-to-one and, and I can predict, predict right. and be right. But that's just ego massaging. <laughs> I want now, I want mayhem. And it's something we kind of said at, uh, you know, we did. Yeah, a- this is something you've pitched for a while as well. I I, I, I- Curious did to a wish hear list episode, right? Back what when? exactly you're going for here, though. All right, but I especially want the SAG Awards and the Guild Awards to get away from the same, you know, five noms to five Oscar noms thing. Like, the mm-hmm. Guild Awards have to expand. I think the Critics' Choice and the Golden Globes, if the Golden Globes are still a thing, they already kind of have this built in, so I wouldn't right. change them as much. But I do like how the Gothams have gone genderless in terms of their acting categories. I would wonder if, like, the indie spirits moved up into the season. I'll get to that because I have a theory. But you could go in a variety of different directions that a lot of our favorite critical bodies have done over the years. I mean, you could go drama versus comedy or musical like the Glodes. You can go genderless. You can go, you know, rising stars, young and old. You can go... Indie film versus big budget, and I think the, like someone like the Gotham's or Spirits, you know, they can have a big budget award, which, which would bring you know more attention to them. And you can also work in the People's Choice into this equation too, not just the Indie Spirits and, and Gotham's, the Indie side of it. So, Michael, to, to the second governing principle of the two is to have automatic bids slash noms into the mm. Oscar categories, and okay. this could be. This could be a domino effect. I'll get to that. But basically, a governing principle of my whole pitch here is that winners of certain precursors, whether it's a rotating basis or it's every an annual thing, you got to negotiate that, right? Through mm-hmm. a commissioner. You know, all these bodies got to get together. But I think it's imperative to connect these award shows into a series where – Again, more categories become less. You vary up the categories, and then you have automatic bids at certain award shows into the Oscars. So that if you win, let's just say Globe Comedy or Musical, it's an automatic Best Picture bid. And if you win Globe Drama, it's an automatic picture bid. But you want that to change every year between precursors. It could. Or, again, the sequence could be like we would have certain award shows get automatic bids at the next award show and then the next and the next. And it could actually, you know, build up. So, like, we could have the Globe winners become automatic nominations at SAG, for instance. Do you worry by doing that that you're 
actually generating far more interest in the precursor shows than you would be the Oscars themselves. I think the Oscars are becoming far too much predictable uh, of a of a predictable. You went twenty for twenty. Yeah, I went twenty for twenty. I'm not that smart. <laughs> Disagree, but go ahead. I should <laughs> yeah, not it be takes, It's very good. That's that's an incredible feat. You're downplaying yourself. You're also not this humble off air. But go ahead. <laughs> I I am the apple of my mother's eye. No. I I think the Academy needs to get these other precursors on board, regardless of whether they form the awards league or whatever the hell I'm pitching here. Right. Well, the, 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 I'll tell you what. And again, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm, and I'm, I, don't, I can't decide if I'm playing devil's advocate or just advocate. But if you wanted to, and I know the switching, the rotating idea comes straight from college football, obviously. The national championship sure. game and then the playoffs are different bowl games. And anyone who's a sports fan would obviously be able to point that out. But to me, being a fan of that, if I know, like, say, the SAG Awards for lead actor and lead, or maybe you have automatic bids throughout every award show. You know, well, lead great. actor, lead actress for SAG get automatic bids into those categories. The Golden Globes, comedy, musical, best picture, and drama, best picture, automatically. Although you'd have a huge problem with how the HFPA votes for those things, wouldn't you? I think every award show, ha- every awards nominating body has to take less ownership over their nominations. That's what this would ultimately amount to, and that includes the AMPAs. Right, you would have as a go as the Hollywood Foreign Press, and it's just again ninety white guys, maybe ten minorities now. But mm-hmm. <laughs> look at they don't, they shouldn't have, and you know the the sanctity over their nominations. It, they they don't deserve it, is what I'm saying. Neither does the the Academy, in my opinion, because we have a taste problem. That's been that's been another pre prerequisite problem of all this. We have a taste discrepancy with the audience out there. That's another one of Scott's prongs is don't look down on popular films. Scott's been saying it. We've been saying it for five years, literally. Uh, The Big Picture podcast has been saying it. Everybody's been saying it. We all know this, and we understand that the indie film praise is something necessary and healthy for the industry at large, large, but there's been a bit of an overcompensation since we started the show, Mike. And look at you could have like a People's Choice winner become an automatic Golden Globe Best Picture nominee. You could have the Gotham's winner become an automatic Golden Globe nominee, the Indie Spirits winner, etc. You could filter this up through whatever this series of award shows is huh. so that at a certain point they get automatic Oscar noms, but they kind of got to compete their way up through the, the series of award shows. What say you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, what do you do with the argument that the Academy's voting matters less? But that's kind of your point. That's what you want to happen. You want to take more power away from the Academy's voting. Because yes. if, you're taking, if you're taking their ability to nominate for themselves out of every spot, I imagine there's going to be some backlash, but you're obviously doing it in an entertaining enough way where, you're again, you're going to draw eyes towards these precursor awards far more, especially from people in the film space, film Twitter and in the industry otherwise, they're going to be much more anticipatory for these precursors than they probably are right now, regardless. I think it could be actually helpful to the Academy members because if they know there are automatic nominations, if they know the winner of the Critics' Choice Best Picture 
is nominated for the Academy Awards Best Picture, for instance, they don't have to watch that movie until they have to vote for winners. So they can actually investigate some of these other movies and during the process and, and, and vote for them. And the Academy's still the them. ones voting for the winners, right? Correct. I mean, they're not, yeah. So you're not actually, you're not castrating them that much at all. You're just taking away maybe one spot per category. In how many spots, how many spots are up in the air depends on how many of the award, the award shows. Play would you ball. widen out the Academy categories? I would think about it in two different ways. The The way I thought about it in episode 92, Mike, was that I was hoping that the Oscars could become more of a reality show where you would vote off in certain categories, where you would shrink certain categories on the night. I still, I think that's a great idea, and I think the studios would absolutely hate it. I, and, I mean, it's an entertaining yeah. as hell idea. It's an entertaining idea. You for turn the, the you turn the show. entire Oscars program into basically American Idol for How movies. How could you spin that into something that is more of a exaltation? Because this is the whole problem. Is it egg on a certain film's face right. that it loses and then it's just you know lost to obscurity forever? Like if Nightmare Alley in first five minutes of the broadcast is is eliminated. It doesn't get the rose, or it gets the rose. I don't watch reality TV. What does <laughs> I that don't mean know how the, the Bachelor works. <laughs> what does that mean for the you know people going to see Nightmare Alley for the next month? Well, the counter-argument, maybe I'm just in a combative mood today, because every every point you have, I'm like, wait a minute. But the counter-argument to that is, are you talking, would that idea, the reality show idea, just be for best picture throughout the program? Or would it be for every category? I, I had it in episode, in episode 92, I had it for best picture. And I basically I had... I think that could work. I ran on your idea of the blockbuster threshold where right. we would have at the time we did have a popular film category, right? When we, mm-hmm. we when we created this podcast. So I said, All right, this is easy. There's a we can have best comedy or musical, best drama, best popular film, best animated, best international form a final five, and then those final five would go for best picture at the end of the night. So you would have you would reduce the best picture field back down to five, and it would be the winner of those categories, or would you have five at large bids? Too? I think, in retrospect, I don't remember if I defined it as succinctly as that, but the the I would not have five at large bids. I would have again going off of what I said three years ago. I would have five separate categories, best film categories, become the best picture category by the end of the night, and the Academy on the spot would vote for one winner and that is the best picture so i think that's a lot of suspense on the spot too yeah on the spot and like feinberg said go have them all at the academy bowl so they all could be there they all have you know their clickers they they make you know their or they text something that would be that would be fascinating that would be a cool ass reality show and it could you could you could make arguments that let's say the darling of the night could be the momentum winner and it could be a battle of the bands kind of thing. Could a animated film surprisingly win in that instance? Could an international film? I don't know. I just think that would add so much to the actual Oscars broadcast where everybody would be plus there. You have five actual bullet points for the night where you know that these five categories are going to become the, the best picture five at the end of the night. And I would think uh, in that circumstance, you would have to release the voting. You could release the voting, and it's still not so much egg on any of these these films' faces because they've already won their award on the night, right? They like if if Parasite 
or let's put it this uh, two years ago, if another round had already won Best International Film, if another round is fifth in the Best Picture voting at the end of all of it, everybody's saying, all right, well, I mean, that's okay. It still won its Oscar. They still had their moment, you know? I mean, the, the easiest pushback, if you're not, I would want the five at-large bids too, like five random movies, because the only thing I would say is that if you're, like in any other year, if you're having something like, you know, uh, Best Drama of, will win. Yeah. Well, exactly, right. You don't have the, the 1917 versus Once Upon a Time in Hollywood versus Parasite three-way battle going into Oscar Sunday, necessarily. But again, you know I mean? this this is my old idea. I wonder I guess if maybe you could, could, because one would be international, yeah. one would be comedy, and one would be drama. So, yeah, maybe this it's This is still work. my old idea, though. That I, I'd gone away from that, and now I'm thinking more of along the lines of, let's say, the choice best film winner, or the choice best drama winner, the Globe best drama winner. Whatever five or six automatic nominations happen in best picture – that happens over uh, like a two month process, right? Right. And I think those automatic bids would connect the season a little better. I think you can even go so far as to say that at certain award shows, you can release certain other nominations rather than just doing it via a press release the next day or sometimes a YouTube live or a Facebook live. Or well, that I absolutely. I mean, yeah, it does open up the door for that as well. Or maybe like you, you're revealing Oscar noms on the night of these other precursor shows, which is an idea that I, I had pitched myself a couple months ago. Good. I, I absolutely agree with that. I think, look, your overall idea of cohesion throughout the award show instead of everyone else trying to be the own, you know, the Oscars of themselves is great. It, it, I completely agree with that. I'm signed on. I think anyone would be. There's way too many award shows that are trying to stand alone, and it doesn't make sense for you to stand alone when the reality is and the perception is the Oscars are going to rule the day. They have the history behind them. They have the money behind them. They have the advertisement. They have the mainstream and the, the primetime slot. That's that's the award show for film. We all know that. So don't be blind to that. Play into that. I agree with your sentiment 100%. And if they could somehow organize and become what's essentially a, a, a serialized storytelling entity, yes. just like all of TV has been, and just like sports is their greatest greatest reality TV show on the planet, right? you, you could actually build an audience successively and this would i mean it would become uh, potentially an american idol it would become a eurovision because what is that ultimately it's like a couple months worth of a television show and that's what they they have to structure this more like a serialized television series in my opinion now the other way to do that if it's not automatic nominees maybe could be the long list short list uh a way to go Long list, short list, nominations. I, you would have to move everything up much further on the cat, uh, calendar to make this happen, but the BAFTAs kind of already do it. But if, let's say, the Golden Globe winners or wh- whatever winners throughout the season, ha- you know, they gain automatic spots on a, on, a, on a short list, that's another way to do it. I think the noms is more prestigious, so I went with that overall. I think the, I think the noms is a – well, I mean, and the reality is – Whoever wins at these award shows do get nominated at the Oscars anyway. I mean, the, it's the, very rare that they right, don't. Right, and those so, become their own talking points anyway when they don't. So why not just take out the middleman there and make it official and make it a little more cohesive? I agree. And I think there's some there's there's an easy way to put pressure on these precursors because I do think the Academy 
kind of has to wrangle everybody in, and we know that there will always be holdouts and standouts and whatever. But they they could easily go the route where they have essentially uh, an academy full of guild members and influential guild members. So they can just get the guilds on board. Let's say if the critics cho- if the critics and the globes and uh, BAFTA even th- if they don't want to get on board with this and start to organize, then the the academy can just get all the guilds on board and they can say, "All right, we're going to expand the guild awards calendar. We're going to group the WGA, PGA and and uh, DGA together as an award show, have the SAGs, and we're going to have this cascading, you know, thunderous series of shows that move, build to Oscar. And are they going to, you know, walk me through gonna... that more paint that picture for me? Well, I think if you have multiple guild categories for, let's say, supporting actress, right? Or whatever, just lead actress, you have a comedy or musical or a drama category at the SAGs, mm-hmm. however you want to differentiate, but that's the most obvious way, right? Right. They both get automatic Oscar noms at the SAG Awards, right? So basically, you could do that for each and every guild, and you can have a guild award show or two. So where did where would the buck for that stop for you? In terms, I mean, in, in that instance, that's fairly simple, actually. You could just have two categories that filter into one and every guild essentially does this right Right, and that's what i that's what i was just going to say to counter myself anyway i'm i i I, maybe your plan makes too much sense like when you win these award these precursor awards you end up at the oscars anyway so why not make it official make it an actual coronation and i think that instead of trying to go for bigger and bigger spectacles instead of trying to make the golden globes and that's everybody's so selfish right now that they, they, everybody wants to, you know, their show to become the big standout new so star stupid, of the early yeah. season. Instead of doing that, the Oscars can actually create kind of a regular season where, okay, we understand that the, you know, the American Society of Cinematographers Award, you know, that may not get, that may not get a huge r- rating, but if it has Oscar implications where it's two winners get automatic Oscar noms, and if you pool you know, the cinematography award with a few other techs and you have the tech awards that is on Hulu live cast on Hulu. I mean, the, the Disney can swoop up the rights to all these guild awards because they've never been broadcast before. Right. So take all the guilds and make that the regular season that builds into Oscars. And you can have a bunch of smaller shows build up the hype to Oscars automatically nominating automatic automatic bids throughout this precursor season. That's if the Globes, Choice, BAFTAs, Spirits, whatever, don't want to play ball. If they don't want to play well, ball... Well, you could, you could think, do it both ways. You could have the Guilds be automatic noms and then have the give the Globes and BAFTAs and, and everything else uh, an automatic entry, for, at least just for Best Picture, too. True. Yeah, you can have... You can have it go that way. There could be... You could combine my two ideas right. in a way. L- look, bottom line is... Make Scott Feinberg the commissioner of the league. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you and I both have a have, have roles that include just the academy hiring Scott and making him a king. 
but yeah, go ahead. And will be his assistants. Exactly. We'll be, yeah, that's the second we'll part. His, I have that as well. <laughs> will be his overpaid assistants. Can we do that? Like, I, you're, 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 you're heavily stomping on my ground now, but yes. Oh, sorry. All right. No, well, good. I'm, good. I, I'm trying to, I got like paragraphs of paragraphs written, but I've kind of gone over all my stuff, I think. Uh, I, I Do I have any other reasoning here? I just, I think at the end of the day, when we looked at SAG, right, and we looked at where SAG could land, mm-hmm. we looked at all the different broadcast potential from YouTube, Facebook Live kind of thing that we've seen kind of falter, but it's in the early stages still. We've talked about a streaming service in combination with a television network, and once these streaming services start to all become uh you know, interconnected with ad revenue, which they're not all that way right now. You have Hulu, but you don't really have many others. Then I think this could synchronize and become more of a play for networks and conglomerates to where... Yeah, and wouldn't they want... Wouldn't the individual shows want... Like, if it is going to only increase the audience for individual shows, which I think would feed into the Oscars anyway, I mean... Don't you want more people watching your show, even and, if it is at the expense of doing the Oscars bidding? What I'm trying to build towards is that if you're Bud Light, right, and you buy you buy ads on – if you're Bud Light and you buy ads for the Oscars, mm-hmm. wouldn't you like it if those same ads are going to be played on Hulu, Disney+, Plus, YouTube Live, whatever, whatever they're going to – Whatever they're going to expand the field in, and ABC wouldn't. Well, you now you're. Ta- I mean, I think I think that's a, a legal uh, question you're asking about because I know for a fact that television rights for ads are different than streaming rights for ads. And I mean, you'd have to have those are all separate negotiations. Which, so you don't but get right one now they're separate. I don't think they should be that separate long term, especially when you have things as vertically integrated as they are. So obviously, when when you have the same company selling the ads and selling the show. You could synchronize it. And I, I don't think there's – I mean, obviously, there's a lot to do here in terms of the, the legal battles. But, mm-hmm. I, look, I maybe it starts out like a B, BCS college playoff thing, and it starts out in, in, in infancy stages, and it doesn't happen until five years from now. Or maybe but it only I, starts with best picture. Or maybe it only starts with one cat. You know, I mean, yeah. Right. I think it's got to start. I think it's got to start. I think they got to get uh, synchronized officially – it As just makes league. it just uh, the genius of it is that it happens anyway. You're not doing anything different other than making it official and creating more hype. The the ecosystem when it's working, you're right. It happens anyway, and ultimately this could organize. And even the if whole it industry. didn't, I, I, even if it didn't, like Bohemian Rhapsody winning Best Picture Drama, that'd be a huge talking point. But Mike, yeah, I think if Bohemian Rhapsody wins the People's Choice. And and or, or wins the you know the Golden globe. globe. It gets the automatic Oscar nom, and then there's all kinds of conversation. Right? What, what are they right. doing? What was it good? Was it bad? Right. Whatever. But it's it's a ton of conversation, like it was for us that year. But you can even go further and say like the the Can Palm Dior that is automatically nominated in best international film, or you could say a film fe- like a prestigious film festival like Can is automatically nominated at the Gotham's or Indie Spirits or whatever. It yeah. automatically gets a Golden Globe. I'd sign up for that. For best film, not just yeah. best international film. So you can really go, this could cascade eventually and get very 
you know, very cool and very overcomplicated, and which it is open, my favorite, by the way. I mean, it would open the doors, the political machinations of it and the way the, the logistics of the show would run. It would open the door in some respects. Like, if you did that, then Tatan would have a path towards Best Picture nomination or at least Best International Film nomination, whereas it didn't this year, obviously. And it would close the door for other films. And all that does is generate more controversy and generate more conversations quite frankly i mean and the type of I, I don't necessarily believe that any publicity is good publicity because <laughs> there's been a lot of bad publicity for the academy specifically over the last few years but uh, controversy i think is good publicity eight times out of ten obviously when there's you know crimes and awful stuff attached that's bad right. publicity but uh, most times when you're talking about controversy as it relates to the content of the show itself that's a good thing I just want to drive home one final point because, yes, controversy, you know, and all those talking points can be a good thing as long as it's relatively tame. But I do think there are a lot of checks and balances involved because if, let's just say, Oscars are looking so white, that could be auto-corrected down the line by different voting bodies and they could be looked at as, you know, saving the day from the, well, from the issue, for Speaking instance. of different voting bodies as well and getting the popular film or getting more diversity or getting more just different eyes in the Academy, are you still standing by as well getting, you know, the, all, the stunt uh, guild in, getting a stunt guild in there, getting a stunt category at the Oscars, making letting them vote for Best Picture as well? Does that still coincide with this plan? My ultimate goal for this is to have kind of two Oscar nights and to have more categories. Because I think when this is working, when this is humming, when this is successful, they'll want more. They'll double down, right? And I, the way, when Scott talked about making the Board of Governors Oscars uh, its own night on Turner Classic Movies, that kind of you know hit my brain and said, all right, why don't we do the short films there? Why don't the Golden Hour stuff happen there? And look at if international film, animated film, documentary can happen there. They could get automatic Best Picture noms and maybe do my my bigger idea. That would, A, make the Oscars broadcast more streamlined with higher stakes, right? Because you have less things involved. You have less categories. Or you can expand the I actual mean, Oscars you're broadcast. You're talking about something that's... Because now you're serving both masters, and I really like that idea. If you have two nights where one night is for the film junkie, film Twitter crowd, and the second night is for the mainstream crowd where you only do like the big eight or so over a two-hour, right. two-and-a-half-hour broadcast, then yeah, it's, that's genius. And you double your advertising, shoe. I also think you can proof this out to where you're going to get representation no matter what. Whether, and, and whatever representation you want to assure... You well, you're definitely gonna. If you're, if I mean, the Critics' Choice. You know how serious we know how seriously everyone who has a vote in that takes that. Anyway, I mean, they're gonna take it even more seriously if they know their winners are gonna be represented. You know, automatically Oscars. Even if it's just the Best Picture nominee that they get, they're and gonna take that super what? seriously. And they're gonna, they may, they may not vote for the movie that they think is gonna win Best Picture. They may vote for the movie that they want to assure right. an Oscar nomination right. for. So you have a cooler set of winners in the precursors. So again, it's less predictable. Yeah. No, I, I, there's a lot of positives to your plan that work on the show itself. So that, 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 I, no, I, I do like it. I do, and it's also funny. Like your, your plan is very well. It, it's much more thought out than mine. It's very well thought out, and mine is not. Mine's more shooting from the hip. But we also, <laughs> right. we took two separate paths. Whereas you focused on the show night itself, and mine's. I guess yours is about the lead up too. But you're talking about individual show nights. Mine's about the lead up kind of year-round what the Oscars can do to make more anticipation right, good. for the the shows. I mean, not necessarily the precursors. I concentrated more on Oscar Sunday, but I love your plan in that it 
brings in the precursors as well and makes them part of the Oscars joy. I and I I really like it. Good job, man. I am relieved. It's been gestating for a while. It didn't really come together in terms of a delivery until I actually started speaking with you. Because you <laughs> noticed my doc. My doc is kind of all over the place. It's just a big hodgepodge and bit a bit of a mess. But actually, in pitching it to you and to the audience here, it actually came together a little bit. So I don't want to pretend that it was as organized as I think it became out. So at least I hope so. Uh, maybe that'll happen for you, or maybe this will just be mayhem. No, this is going to be mayhem. I would, uh, I, I, which is yeah. again, you know, I, I like it when you're a little unhinged. So all right, <laughs> let me let me see what you got. Uh, again, mine's focused more on the uh, the lead up and trying to draw interest year round. And I've pitched a couple ideas like this in the past where we ought to have like maybe have a halfway point, a primetime special on ABC where somebody's, you know, presenting the films that have come and films that were to come. Scott's mm. idea where he said, hold off half the spots for best picture to deal with films released in the first half of the year and then the other half for films in the second half of the year to have a more mm. even distribution year round. I really like that idea. I don't think it should be 50 50, but if you have have like two or three best picture slots that go towards first half of the year films i do i mean we know I'm studios gonna, I'm love just gonna moan in ecstasy <laughs> Good job. No, we it. know studios care about chasing oscars i mean just ask ted sarandos right so i don't know how that wouldn't work i think that's a really good idea that scott put forward but i do think to enhance the viewing of it you could have signed kind of these primetime specials these check-ins Maybe they're done by the host. Maybe you announce the Oscars host for next year's show during the current year Oscars program. But we'll get yes. to all that. Let's talk about more what the Academy can do to appeal to a broader base while using streaming, while using YouTube, etc. You cannot tell me, and I cannot be convinced, that this body that has a bajillion dollars for a museum that took a you know seven decades to build, yeah. run all by millionaires and billionaires, doesn't have the funding to put behind a comprehensive social media campaign, including a YouTube channel with great production values, mm -hmm. including uh, Instagram accounts and TikTok accounts with great production values, and the funding to appeal to, if not outright uh, incorporate, vis-a-vis -vis buy, purchase, bring in, license out to, whatever, giant personalities on the internet to do their bidding for them. Mm. My thought is to have an Oscars channel, the Academy channel, whatever, on YouTube, and you kind of have two different shows leading up to that. You can incorporate shows that have already happened, like anything Dan Merle's been involved in, movie fights, uh, uh, the uh, the Schmodown stuff. You can incorporate. You could have the Academy buy those types of things and have it be all Academy centric programming all year round. You could hype them up. You can hype up a Christian Harloff, hype up a Dan Merle, hype up somebody that takes this seriously, that takes movies seriously. That's where, I mean, Scott comes in. If you, if the Academy was really smart, they would just make a giant offer to Scott and have him be the face, have awards chatter be the face of their programming. He talks to everyone as it is. Videotape those podcasts, put them on their on your YouTube channel, maybe make some kind of streaming deal with Hulu, have half hours uh you know, clip shows of these interviews and whatever, and just have them available to stream whenever and wherever. The I other side it. of that in the lead up is to have a more comedy based or younger centric view show alongside a Scott or a Dan Merle or some or Alicia Malone or someone like that. Have find your pardon my take type thing. What PMT from Barstool does for the sports world, where they actually mm -hmm. become friends with the athletes and it's a youth centric show. There's no reason you can't have that 
with the Oscars as well on the Academy and have, again, put the money behind it, have the production behind it, have it stream on YouTube, have them have live shows. Look, Mike, I obviously think you and I would be perfect for this, but that's yes. egocentric. <laughs> but there's there's a billion shows that cover movies well that if you have them directed in the right way, if you have them brought in with the right director, the right producer behind it, it would just happen. It would just appeal to a greater audience. And if you have that show, obviously Scott does what he does, Alicia Malone and, and all those, maybe Ben Mankiewicz could be the serious one. There's a billion people to do for both sides of this, but you have the film junkies tuning into those shows anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone listens to Awards Chatter. Everyone listens to, to, to Clayton Davis. Everyone listens to IndieWire. You have people that are that are going to tune into those, but you're not going to appeal to the young people and you're not going to get the the jokey jokes and the funniness and the, the hilarity most times out of those types of interviews because they're so good at what they do in staying serious and staying story-centric to those people. If you want to get a younger audience involved, you want a more personalized uh, interview and stuff like that, that's where the other side of this comes in. Hmm. And so when they're done t- being serious with, with the Scott and the Alicia Malones or the Ben Mankiewicz or the whoever, they go to the other side and they have a more, you know, you play games. You have basically the Jimmy Fallon podcast, essentially, of these guys and making them introduced to a a, uh, a younger audience or a more conventional audience, a TikTok, universe, a TikTok generational audience. So I'm humbled in the sense that my media consumption pales in comparison to yours. So I'm mm-hmm. learning all that. Like a, you're, you're leaving a lot of uh, breadcrumbs for me to eventually follow and learn what the hell all of these shows are and all of these personalities <laughs> are on the one hand. So I'm not quite following everything. But what I am kind of picking up is that if we did start the International Film League, the IFL, mm-hmm. which was my idea, <laughs> your apparatus here would cover it perfectly. You would basically start the ESPN of the IFL. Well, it's it wouldn't be hard to do. You get a set, you get what ten thousand dollars behind it. The academy has that in their couches, mm-hmm. and you just you want to get to a point where you're getting as much in. It's kind of a dual approach. You're getting as much information and seriousness out of it on one hand, and you're presenting the movies and the uh, potential Oscars candidates to as as wide an audience as you can. But on the other hand, you're being more, being more personable with these people. You have them play games, you have them be a little goofy, and you try to bring in, make new fans of these lesser-known uh, people who otherwise wouldn't be. And look, it'll happen with A-listers, too, if you can get them, sure. But, like, you know, the Julia Durkernows of the world. You have them maybe get introduced to a new audience that can see a lighter side of them, and then they get interest, and they follow these people throughout the Oscars campaign. And I do think that, I mean, you could have this, these YouTube shows that I have in mind. I mean, they would be podcasts, too, or whatever. But mm-hmm. you could have Scott us, whoever, do these YouTube shows for, I don't know, 20 hours each a week. Yeah. It wouldn't be hard to do, and you'd have tons of content, you'd have it on a regular basis, and you'd be creating content that also would make money for the Academy with the views of the YouTube partnership and all that stuff. I I love it in the sense that it's very similar. I mean, you're not pulling this out of left field. It's very similar to how like ESPN became the MMA kind of mouthpiece, right? Right. And, and they became the, the, you know, MMA became the dominant force in that industry, just like the Oscars could become the, or is the do, still the dominant force in the awards industry. And if they kind of organized it properly, 
you could have, you know, the Mike, Mike and Oscar YouTube channel, MMOTV, become, <laughs> you know, MMOTV, become yeah. Academy TV. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm going for. And, and I mean, you could even go, you could even widen this out. I mean, if the Academy mm. wanted to go to already established YouTube brands like H3 and have them come in and guest host for a week and like, or, or a month or whatever, and have them interview, you know, like the big, the big personalities in this space that aren't necessarily movie personalities, but you're just trying to get a piece of their audience to do something. It's basically what we do in podcasting, right? When we go right. on each, everyone else's shows and each other's shows, and we're just trying to get new listeners that may not have exposure to us otherwise. If the Academy's biggest thing, biggest problem is getting younger viewers and getting new viewers, I don't think you can only rely on the ultra seriousness of what the Oscars are right now to do that. Yeah. But and, you and don't want to shun that. You don't want to shun that arm either at all. But. If you have a major apparatus that's covering kind of the the cyclical nature of the film year, it's also hyping up all of the stops along the way. And let, let's be yes, honest, like yes. we we already have microcosms of this that are huge entities, like an IndieWire, like a like a like the trades THR, and, and, and that's and that's what's mo- that's what's so channels. offensive, Mike, is that there's yeah. like. The Academy can cry, nobody wants to watch us, nobody wants to watch us. You have so much creativity in the movie space right now between a billion different podcasts from film Twitter. You have a zillion different shows on YouTube that are so creative in their own right that only talk about movies as it is. It's offensive to me when I hear stuff like that because it's like, just buy some of these. Just make a purchase and trust these super ultra creative types to help you. Outsource. Yes. Uh, you know, purchase and outsource a lot of the the coverage, and just make sure you have a presence uh, in this regard. Now, what's even more frustrating is, and and Feinberg mentioned it, is that there is too much oversight at the Academy. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. I feel and they're like all worried. They're all worried, but they they all because there's so many of them, they can't come together on making the big decisions. Of course not. So if you actually took these super-powered professional people, they're the best that they're in, in their industry, mm-hmm. and they're Academy members for a reason. If you took these people and you, and you gave them smaller you know, sections to oversee, and, and you kind of spread the oversight around, which is already built in with this Board of Governors being as big as, as it is, if you put some of them in charge of these other areas... Good God, you can actually accomplish so much more than just having this tepid response, this generic response to every big problem. And think about the good you would be doing. I mean, this is a little sinister, but the Academy is the Academy. Like one of Scott's prongs as well was make the media your friends, not your enemies. Think about the good you would be doing if you hire media members to do this on your behalf, right? And they're still journalists that are at the top of their field that cover this stuff day in, day out, except they do work for you. And you can give them a chance to see you in a different light behind the scenes. Again, if you're organizing, if you're organizing various uh, media outlets to be a part of it, or if you're just creating a new kind of, you know, section of the media that that that's where it kind of depends for me. Like if you because this is this is where i'll push back the only way i'll push back here is that obviously this is already happening to a degree because every single outlet from you know the hollywood reporter uh to to you know our friends at our level or or you know bigger or smaller than us 
you know, we're all kind of doing it, whether it's amateur or pro. A thousand percent. It, it, and, but that, it, because it's happening already, it blows my mind how the Academy doesn't have a face of their representation out there on the streaming space. So they, they could overtake all of us or they can include all of us. Like, that's the question. And, and I think that's ultimately going to happen again. And it's going to shake out just kind of in radio, like radio fragmented into podcasting. And then radio, you know, audible media will come back together again. TV is fragmenting into a thousand different directions into the multiverse. Hell, it's going to happen in the MCU. It's we're getting all this stuff, and it's going to come back together with Secret Wars or whatever. But it go multiverse. We got time travel. We got theology. It's all going to come back together again. This is going to ultimately happen eventually if if it survives. But the fact that everything's becoming so thin that nobody can make any real money is the scary thing. And we've, we've already seen it happen in podcasting with Spotify money and with, you know, mm-hmm. the big, the big companies that are starting to really make money and, and monetize with podcasting. Well, you'd right? probably lose money at the outset of this venture, regardless, even if you are the Academy, which, but again, that's why, I mean, these are, these are millionaires and billionaires. But didn't we say with the SAG awards that maybe they have to lose money for a few years right. to ultimately make money down and the line. And it's, it's, why... it's another revenue arm that's not being tapped into at all by the Academy. Yeah. Like, if, if you put something on YouTube, a thousand views essentially is a dollar of revenue, or at least it was before the apocalypse. Who knows if that changed? But, like, right. you would be at least be having a revenue stream come in. And if you do have A-listers in these video podcasts that, that you know, Scott already is doing... Uh, I don't understand who wouldn't watch those if you have them, you know, just hire high quality producers to send out highlight uh, clip highlights like God forbid I speak this name in every kind of reverence. But like Joe Rogan used to do for his show on YouTube all the time before Spotify came in and bought him up like there's ways which I think are kind of fail safe at this point and would only they would have to draw interest. I totally agree. And we've seen even, you know, companies that don't need a presence on TikTok and and YouTube certainly try and go for it, even though that it's not built into what they what they desire at the end of the day. Like a Netflix, like Netflix did their big you know convention. They were trying to create their own convention, and they try they 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 tried to do it on YouTube. What was the ultimate loss and cost of that? Did it really cost them an arm and a leg? I don't know, but I I, I would guess. No, I would guess that the Netflix attempt at Comic-Con on YouTube wasn't necessarily the biggest money loser in the world. It was a kind of a lower risk shot at become, you know, at creating something. Right. And again, Mike, we're talking about how much money did that museum take to build? Like right. we're talking about people with the, the deepest pockets on the West Coast outside of Silicon Valley probably. We're talking about billions of dollars. And <laughs> ultimately, they've gone you know, high on the hog. They've gone. They've gotten fat and bloated, and that's the problem. I think, in in my opinion, with with at least the academy leadership, and you're polarizing overpaid, fans when you do that. And they just tried to keep status quo or hold on to status quo when they should have been innovating, which has been your outcry yes. since we started this show. They need to innovate and change with the industry. And let's be honest, they need to lead and change the industry. So that would be your innovation, right? That would be your embracing streaming, you're embracing new technology, and you're reaching out to a younger audience. I do have another prong of this, of my idea, Good. that involves 
still staying true to cable and having the, your, you know, maybe the middle age to elder age people who still who don't cut the cord and still watch cable. I do think mm-hmm. if we were watching the Oscars this past year and again, this would take money to do and the Academy would be willing have to be willing to do it. But I think on the Oscar stage, you should announce the next year's host. I should Good. you should reveal next year's host, and I think part of that host duty should not just be to host the Oscars. I think there should be at least one primetime special at the mid year point, reviewing all the movies that have come out and previewing mm-hmm. the movies to come. Uh, I don't have the fully fleshed out details of what that show would entail, other than you know previews and, and hype from a very famous person at the front of it. But it would have it would be on ABC. It'd have to be from like an eight to nine or eight to ten time. Uh, 8 to 10 o'clock thing on maybe a Sunday night when there's not much going on. You can make that a big deal, overproduce it if you need to, have it bells and whistles and all kinds of famous people, maybe a uh, a song or two uh, mm. that could be for best original song performed. I'm not entirely sure what that would be, but have that be one primetime special and have, like Scott alluded to, the nominations towards the end be another primetime special that's hosted by the host. Both those shows would be hosted by the host and their duties would be to host both the Governor's Ball, uh, Governor's Awards and the uh, show itself. So you have the host revealed on Oscars night. You have that guy or girl be the host for the entire year coming up of Oscars Slate. They go on the YouTube channel. They go on both uh, the serious shows and the funny shows. They host these primetime events. It would be an actual endeavor. It would cost money out of the Academy's pockets to not only buy the ABC slot, uh, obviously, but also to have this person agree to these terms and be the host year long. They would have to pay them, no doubt. But you have a familiarity built in with the cable-watching viewer and you get them used to that host comedy and their ho- that host type of shtick and you get that those viewers used to the types of shows and movies and songs that they can expect to see come oscar sunday and come the governor awards i love it i, I love it i think uh i think it works with my idea or without my idea yeah that's why i said uh, your your idea i think kind of plays in very well to what i was thinking uh, uh, anyway so it, I, I love that you can kind of combine these two things into one i think the international film league with Academy TV or whatever you want to call yours with the the mid-year Oscar special that has stakes again kind of leading into the second half of the year and that's, that's where you can that's by the way that midway Oscar special is where you can reveal the two or three best picture nominees absolutely obviously. and then yeah. the nominees and this is another one of Scott's ideas but it just makes so much sense it's something a lot of people have been clamoring for the nominees at the end of the year, 5 a.m. is asinine. Why is that not a primetime thing? Hosted I, like yeah. like Bracketology for March Madness. Hosted like the BCS reveal show. Do, I mean, that's so simple. I get that the trades and all the outlets, that that's a piece of their business that you're kind of taking away from them because they break the news. But the problem is there's so many of them now. Right. And and it's on Good Morning America anyway for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. But I want to make these nominations more of a kind of a cascading, reoccurring TV show thing to where if you announce the nominations for the Indie Spirits at the Gotham's, or maybe not that. Maybe you announce because the, then you can have people snubbed that are in the audience. But if you announce the nominations for the Indie Spirits at the People's Choice or whatever, I'm, again, I'm just doing I'm drawing lines of dramatic irony there. But you can actually keep interest going for the next show which is what you should do you should you should be constantly previewing the next show shouldn't you i mean that's the thing because they're not working together right now 
they're not really previewing the next show. If anything, they're trying to trump the next show. With the ultimate goal of building, having the Oscars feel like an actual culmination. Yes, and it and it's where it's unpredictable. But you've previewed the hell out of it. Yeah. You've covered the hell out of it. You've you've got the audience primed and ready, and they Hyped just up. like any reality TV show, just like any sports season, just like any you know season of wrestling. That you know, obviously they have how many you know culminations of of their yeah. storylines, but of WrestleMania. WrestleMania being is the big, big thing. exactly like that should be the end all. That should be the ball dropping on New Year's Eve. I totally, totally agree. But that doesn't mean you don't have these important check marks along the way. And the greatest thing about this is that even if it's not the most, even if it's not successful on a level of the NFL or the WWE, it's not going to be. What are you doing? You're like Amazon Prime. What you really want to sell are movie tickets. So even if it's not as successful, it's just this revenue-generating thing yep. where ultimately it's a constant pro- film promotion And you're to making sell movie money tickets. for yourself. Like, like the, the bottom line, yes, it's nice to, to sell movie tickets to have the, help the studios, but we all know the bottom line for these companies is that they want to make money for themselves. That's what you're doing with all this. And you're spreading out the ad sales from instead of, I mean, hopefully, eventually it makes the Oscars night, the big night bigger. And mm-hmm. hopefully it makes the big Golden Globes night bigger. And, and, and a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. That's, that's both our thesis statements here. But even if, even if this kind of takes a while to get off the ground, our combined plans here, I, I do think you need more shows than less. And the the problem is they're sitting on, they're like colleges sitting on these, you know, nest eggs of billions of dollars and they won't fix the dorm, right? Because it's, you know, off the budget, it's too much. But it's like you have to make those investments. And like you said, even though the Academy, everybody's busy or most of them are busy, either they're retired and they're, they're, you know, they're legacy people. A lot of golf to be played out there. Right. And they're high on the hog. Fine. I get that. But you have so many younger people in the academy. Again, if they could just make kind of like boardroom decisions, just like CEOs sit on the boards, if they could just make those big decisions to kind of direct the ship, you could then outsource and delegate to the to the pros that could that can live and work it year round to get this thing right. Now, and the only way those decisions get made is what you alluded to, and it's one of Scott's prongs as well. You probably need less cooks in the kitchen. You probably need less of the Board of Governors. You probably well, need you less spread, decision makers. you got to spread the cooks out so that they're yeah. cooking different parts of the feast. Mm. They're overseeing different parts of the feast. Why are we... Why do we have all of these feasts building to... You know, they're, they're all making decisions on the one, one three-hour broadcast. Right. That's why... It, that's why everybody wants a six-hour broadcast. Right. That's why the only way it, it's it's happy is if the audience wants to watch a five to six-hour broadcast of the Oscars, four and a half hour, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, you we understand how impossible a job it is to produce the Oscars and make the everybody at the Academy happy and the audience happy. And it's why impossible. not take big swings, by the way, and radically try something like the worst has already happened. You've hit ten million. Will Smith slapped Chris. Like the worst has happened. Right. Why not try something radical? I think they're gonna need to, and they're gonna need to to change this up, and they're gonna have to try and stick to the tenets of TV, and whether it's 
you know, a reality TV series or a sports league or a competition show like American Idol, you're going to yeah. have to you're going to have to make things serialized in terms of the storytelling. American Idol is is actually kind of the one of the things I thought long and hard about, too, because there's a reason that show has been on TV for 20 years or whatever it is now and can still get A-listers to come in. I mean, Katy Perry is one of the greatest selling artists of all time. She's there every show and has been for years. They get the top level music acts to come in and play and perform with these kids every year, weekly. Like there's there's a reason this this style works. Mike, how easy is it is it to basically say, all right, the Academy TV station run by these media pros have Tom Hanks as a guest on the dais in yeah. you know or, well that's, or, that's or exactly what I'm thinking the like movie Scott, stars. Scott talks to the A list of the A list who was most relevant every day, right? I mean weekly he puts out that show. If the Academy would just go to him and <laughs> be like, hey, <laughs> do you want to be the face of our serious interviews, be our number one journalist, Academy based journalist and bring your producer and bring your team. And like, it's such a no brainer. And then you have the other side of that. You have the Jimmy Fallon fun, happy time side of that. You have goofs like us trying to, I mean, when we have interviews, we have fun and we get the funny out of these people, but we do nothing short of like lavish them with praise because we're just so impressed by them as it is. I, uh, this is all just sounding wonderful. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> so hire Scott and us is basically, <laughs> I like that both of us landed there independent of each other, too. How egomaniacal are we? <laughs> no, this was bound to happen. Of course. I mean, I think that's the whole pitch is. But again, you know, if it's all in service of film promotion at the end of the day, I mean, that's that's what this is about, right? We Again, we're, we're going into it with eyes wide open. Eyes wide shut, too. Eyes wide shut. In Crimes that. of the future. <laughs> eyes wide shut. <laughs> Which will be our next episode going over can. No, that's our ne- that double feature is our next episode. Ew. <laughs> Uh, as always, dear listener, obviously for a, a type of episode like this, especially, we do want to hear from you. What are your fixes for the Oscars? Uh, what are your plans for the lead up? If you could change anything about the show itself and about the Governor's Awards, let us know that as well. Obviously, we want to know your takes on what our plans are. What do you think about what my, also Mike laid out? What do you think about what myself laid out? How would you tweak those plans? Let us know all of that, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Spotify or Apple podcast app, if you appreciate what we do here, if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on either of those apps, those truly do help us out and go a long way. Thank you very much to each and every one of you who have taken the time out of your day to do so already. Michael, uh, you've already kind of told people what's coming next. It's not, unfortunately, not going to be an Eyes Wide Shut Crimes of the Future double feature, which I strongly voted for but was vetoed on. So tell the good people what is coming next from us and some words of wisdom to end on. I think we're going to do an Oscar race checkpoint on the uh, first wave of uh, reactions for, for the Cannes Film Festival that, uh, as we record today, just launched. Yeah. So we will have 
you know, a couple days worth of reactions, the first wave of reactions, like I said. And we will review the reviewers, which was a very fun segment last year, mm-hmm. which, you know, we, we, we talked about all the applause uh, time limits I or time wait. lengths. God, I can't, can't wait. Can't wait to get all that. We'll actually read some reviews and first reactions. We're not getting to these movies yet, unfortunately, but we will, you know, be the aggregators uh, that are the scourge of film Twitter, uh, like we've <laughs> like we've been thus far. That will just be. Hey, we were nice to film Twitter this entire episode. We were nice to film Twitter this entire f- episode. Film Twitter has a role in our grand plan. I don't know if we are e- maniacal and evil in our mm-hmm. grand plan because mm-hmm. we k- keep putting ourselves yeah, into it. I know I am, but God. or if we're like a bunch of high-minded hippie freaks that are just like. <laughs> What if instead of a bank, we just took, like, a bunch of people and they were in charge of the money, man? What if we didn't have money and it was just goods and services were just traded, man? Barter system became the thing. Like, I don't know what we did today, but I I feel good about it. I do come away from this episode feeling great. And that's kind of the time of the year that we're heading into. So the next episode we'll do after can is we're doing Mama's Boy Movie Night. Which yes. is expanding, by the way. More family. More also fa- Mike family is coming. Who? My aunt and uncle, I think, are coming. My dad's coming. They all want to come. going to be outnumbered. You're in trouble. You're going to have to meet the family. This is just... I can't believe this is happening. We're seeing Downton Abbey, a new era. I don't know if that's going to be... Uh, Part all of this top critical five. thinking, and we're going to end on Downton Abbey, new Downton era. Abbey, a new era... I can't believe it's happening, but it is. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a some kind of episode around Mama's Boy Movie Night mm-hmm. because that's what we are and that's what we deserve. <laughs> the audacity of myself to put us on the same level of all the <laughs> names I dropped this episode too. By the way, Ben Mankiewicz, Lisa Malone. Yep. Yeah. No, we're Dan we're, Earl, we're idiots. Christian Harloff. I apologize to all but of those we, people. We just did Top Gun, so we'll have Top Gun Maverick the week after. We'll have another Oscar race checkpoint to put a bow on can and finish up yeah, at least a part two, if not part twos and threes, covering the Cannes Film Festival. And then, of course, uh, I, I think we both want to do some box office specials and, and kind of take the temperature and maybe interview some folks. So mm. that's on the horizon as well. We've been covering the industry quite a bit, and we want to bring some ex- experts in here to help us kind of break it down on how things are going and where things are going because we've got a lot of questions, I would say, burning questions that will build up throughout this summer. So uh, that that's also on the horizon. But I, I'm proud of this episode, Mike. I feel so overconfident right now, which is just... Uh, you know, the, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like we're a bunch of hippie freaks harmonizing. And, and I also feel like th- th- this is way too much confidence and good mm-hmm. cheer for a normal episode. I think you're, you're smitten by it as well. Which well, is the rare. lesson I've taken from this, as always, is just let me run things. If, if the, the Celtics had lost, today oh. would have been fi- a sermon <laughs> full of fire and brimstone and nightmarish you know horrors Uh yeah but because the celtics won and because Mm. i'm you know just smitten with my niece sage who was born and i just we're we're both happy or we're going to you know you you're agreeing to go see downton abbey too what's (laughs) happening what's happening to us which brings me into my next point make grant williams host the oscars i think that's what the people really want the six man on the celtics folks that's who that is (laughs) 
Nice. When reality sucks, you can hopefully change the Oscars and the uh, awards industry for the better with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.